0: Number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. We are monitoring our Twitter feed. Elon Musk has promised to put out information related to the Hunter Biden laptop and how the Twitter uh, oligarchs in the past um, concealed it to affect the outcome of the election. So we're monitoring that for you. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been pretty disgusted in particular with five members of the House of Representatives, Republicans. I've called them boneheads, and I've called them saboteurs. Uh, I was called by one former member of the House today, an old friend who said they don't like being called boneheads. Well, I could call them other things, but we'd have to save that for the podcast, wouldn't we, Mr. Producer? And why did I tell you they're boneheads and saboteurs? Because the House has the slimmest of Republican majority in the next House of Representatives. The slimmest. And these five members are not all that conservative when I take a close look at them. Some are more conservative than others, but they're not very effective. Now that said, I keep warning about what could take place. That they need to make whatever deal they're going to make, the conservatives, and move on. We've got an out-of-control FBI going after private citizens, pro-lifers, parents, trying to destroy a former president. We've got a wide open border. We've got Mitch McConnell typically, again, going rogue, working with the Democrats in the lame duck session to create another massive, multi-trillion dollar spending bill. They call it an omnibus bill, so you don't know what's in it. Violating regular order in the Senate, that is, committee hearings where we, the people get to know what's going on so we could talk to our representatives. We're always held in the dark, as are the vast majority of the Republicans, by the way. And there's no Republican leaders in the House to fight them because they haven't voted on it yet. So things are happening in this void. Things are happening. And I also have been concerned, as we've discussed here, and now apparently it's happening, That if you let this play out, as they say, you can't be sure where this is going to end. You have utterly disloyal Republicans who claim to be moderates, but they tend to be liberal Republicans, rip-on society Republicans. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Well, here it is in Politico right now, two hours ago. If I can find the damn thing. Well, let me just tell you what's happening right now. A so-called bipartisan group of moderates are talking quietly behind the scenes about making Fred Upton the Speaker of the House. Fred Upton is a liberal Republican from Michigan who, of course, voted for Trump's impeachment. Exactly what I've been concerned about. Now, the boneheads can't control what's going to happen. Even if they're joined by 10 or 20 of their friends, they can't control what's going to happen. Even if they're joined by one of my buddies, Chip Roy, they can't control what's going to happen. As I told you yesterday, the moderate Republicans, really the liberal Republicans, they're not going to roll over and play dead while all this is going on. They're watching this drama and they're trying to exploit it. Exploit it. Now you can always remove a speaker. John Boehner was removed. In part due to us. Right here behind this microphone and this audience. But that's not the point. The point is McCarthy's not Boehner. He wants Jim Jordan to head the House Judiciary Committee. He wants Comer, who we've not met yet, maybe we will at some point, to run the House Oversight Committee. And these guys have to hit the ground running because they only have two years, effectively. We don't know what's going to happen two years from now. Meanwhile, the FBI and the Justice Department, under the corrupt Meritless Garland and that administration, they're plowing ahead. Meanwhile, we have tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming into this country every single week. And it goes on and on and on, what's happening in our classrooms. And I'm sitting here thinking, uh, don't the Republicans want to do something? Don't they want to get something done? And I don't mean in a bipartisan way and all the rest. Mitch McConnell's off to the race, is off on his own. Joe Biden's pushing his agenda. Now, the so-called moderate Republicans, the bipartisan moderate Republicans and Democrats, yeah, right. They're coming up with their own plan. Now, I want you to think about this. If you're a Democrat and you can get 10 or 15 Republicans to go along with you to elect a guy like Fred Upton. Let me do it differently. If you're a Democrat and all the Democrats vote. Not for Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker, because they know that won't happen. But if a big chunk of them vote for Fred Upton to be speaker, and they pull, say, 10 or 20 of the liberal Republicans, then Fred Upton's the speaker. And then we just blew the whole thing. You see my point, Mr. Producer? He'll decide who the chairmen are. He'll decide what legislation gets to the floor, or amendments for that matter. He'll decide who's the chairman of this committee or that committee. This, this is, a, this is a, a, uh, a drama that's unnecessary at this point. And by the way, stop calling me. You jerks on Capitol Hill. Stop. I'm not taking your calls. And stop texting me with your uh, justifications. We're not idiots here on the Mark Levin Show. We have millions of people. They agree with me. You don't even have a a candidate to run against anybody. But the the liberal Republicans and the so-called moderate Democrats, they've got one. You're not that clever. You're just not. And I don't trust these Democrats or the liberal Republicans. We are monitoring Twitter, correct, Mr. Correct, Medusa? Mr. Let me do this now. Joe Biden put out a statement. I don't believe he wrote it. I don't believe he can even read it. But it's getting a lot of attention, as you might imagine, because that's why he put it out. I just want to make a few things clear. What's that, Joe? The Holocaust happened. Wow. Hitler was a demonic figure, okay, and instead of giving it a platform, our political leaders should be calling out and rejecting anti-Semitism wherever it hides. Silence is complicity. Silence is complicity. wonder who he's talking about there. Silence is complicity. And so the media are having a field day with this because he's not speaking from the heart or is conscious or morality. You want to know why? Because Joe Biden doesn't give a damn about anti-Semitism. It's all about exploitation, exploitation in politics. And I'll prove it to you again, as I have over and over again. October 14, 2020, two years ago, Bruce Abraham, Br- Abramson and Jeff Balaban why won't Joe Biden repudiate anti-Semitic Democrats? The first debate Joe Biden took ownership of today's Democrats with an uncharacteristically clear proclamation. He said, I am the Democratic Party. And with that, Biden assumed responsibility for repudiating and disting themselves from the anti-Semitism surging through his party's ranks. And, you know, we've talked about this for years here. Anti-Semitism has been on full display among Democratic leaders and left-wing protest groups alike in recent years. Leaders of the Women's March, for example, proved so undeniably anti-Semitic that even former DNC chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz felt compelled to distance herself. Yeah, what about the DNC deputy chairman? Remember him? Keith X? Keith Ellison and his ties? Yet those same anti-Semites, Linda Sassoor, listen to this, and Tamika Mallory, were featured speakers at this summer's Democratic convention. This is 2020, the Biden convention. The Women's March since recruited new leaders who proved to be just as anti-Semitic. Black Lives Matter, a group that Mitt Romney supported. He can't get any lower than Mitt Romney. Black Lives Matter protests have likewise featured anti-Semitic slogans from the beginning. BLM's official platform accuses uh, the Jewish state of Israel of genocide, endorses BDS and expresses such blinding anti-Semitism that even many desperate to support the organization have dissented. Liberal Alan Dershowitz, who lauded BLM for having done so much good, nonetheless concluded that until and unless BLM removes their blood libel from its platform and renounces it, No decent person should have anything to do with it. The staunchly left-leaning anti-defamation league labeled BLM's platform repellent. Radical leftist Jews with their own histories of anti-Semitism extol BLM's virtues, while labeling its attacks on Jews stupid and dismaying. Still, BLM remains immensely popular among Democrats who flood it with money. Democratic politicians... From Joe Biden on down, have adopted the mantra. I hope you're listening at media. Isn't it time that you boys pull up your pants and get this done and act like real men? Even if you're a woman, you can act like a man It's in these days. BLM featured prominently at the Democrats' 2016 and 2020 convention. BLM's horrifyingly, <coughs> horrifying anti-Semitism no longer concerns Democrats' leadership. Anyone who notices it is demonized as racist. Avowedly anarchic Antifa, which helps spread and act upon blood libels against Israel, has become the most foremost practitioner of mob violence in the United States. A phenomenon always deadly to Jews and Jewish communities. So I'm answering Biden. While some Democrats have belatedly begun to distance themselves from the most violent Antifa tactics, none have called out Antifa as the threat to Jewish life that it is. These groups from the new base of Biden's Democratic Party. But the strain of anti-Semitism runs deep. Biden was only the most recent Democrat leader to embrace Al Sharpton. whose anti-Semitic rhetoric led to the 1991 Crown Heights program and the 1995 Freddy's Fashion Mart massacre. Louis Farrakhan is rapidly becoming acceptable among the Democratic mainstream in 2008. The Obama campaign paid to bury a then-recent photo of their candidate with Farrakhan. Today, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker expresses a willingness to meet with him. Last month, Biden and vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris ran to meet and praise known Farrakhan supporter Jacob Blake Sr. Silence, right, Biden? You're worse than silent. You're participant. The danger is hardly restricted to outside activists Keith Ellison Despite his documented support of Farrakhan, was elected DNC vice chair before becoming Minnesota's attorney general. Democrats long recognized as antagonistic towards Jews in Israel, including Maxine Waters and Barbara Lee, have assumed leadership roles. Majority Whip James Clyburn, the kingmaker whose endorsement secured Biden's nomination, explained why anti-Semitism is acceptable from quote unquote women of color. The radical progressive squad arrived in Congress and immediately moved the needle. After Nancy Pelosi refused to censure uh, Ilan Omar's anti-Semitism, any effort to restrain squad behavior collapsed. Their radicalism, including the radical anti-Semitism, shaped the Democratic congressional agenda. And Biden's 2020 platform in 2020 with Omar and Rashida Tlaib facing credible primary challengers, Pelosi and Doris, both of the anti-Semites. Squad-backed upstarts who challenged incumbents like Eliot Engel for being two pro-Israel, one decisively. Biden's anti-Israel 2020 platform earned high praise from the pro-Iran National Iranian American Council and pro-PLO James Zogby. Congressional Democrats have reportedly told Jewish leaders of their plans to redefine anti-Semitism, to exclude the defamations most common among their progressive base, precisely the ploy uh, Jeremy Corbyn tried in the UK. David Duke, Klansman has praised all more. Alt-right poster boy Richard Spencer endorsed Joe Biden. And I can go on and on and on. Joe Biden, silent, every damn step of the way. And yet he's praised today for four sentences. He's a piece of S. I'll be right back. Mark
1: lovin.
0: Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. And the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. From the Political Insider flashback Kanye West performs a Democrat National Committee fundraiser Obama jokes about him becoming House Speaker He also performed at one of uh, Obama's inaugural balls And so uh, they just thought that's important to point out Because I haven't heard Obama condemn Kanye West Have you, Mr. Producer? I haven't heard Obama condemn Kanye West I just hope Mediite and Drudge and all these phony aggregators, I hope they go ahead and link to these things I'm pointing out. I'm doing research free for them. Free research. The year before Donald Trump won the presidency, he was performing at a DNC fundraiser. I'll be right back. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. And the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. And continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale Nobody says
2: it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody
0: could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, the first presidential state dinner was last night. And I understand Joe Biden did not fall asleep. That's a good thing. Now, among those present caught my attention, Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski now you know why they have their heads so up Biden's ass Mike Barnacle he was there Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was there because she was the entertainment John Legend was there Jerry Katzenberg was there Jeffrey Stephen Colbert was there Jennifer Garner was there Tim Cook of Apple was there. that interesting? Yes. Um, Weingarten was there too, Mr. Producer, with her, her date. I don't know the lady's name, but uh, she was there. And so they had a grand old time. Now, Obama tried to put the fishing industry out of business, you might recall. I don't know how these people plan to eat. How they plan to keep themselves warm. They're at war with every single industry in America. And Biden's trying to put the lobster industry out of business. These are all hard-working people. Middle-class people. And yet they had lobster last night. I guess they didn't have any uh, Orthodox Jews with kosher requirements, did they, Mr. Beduce? Just pointing this out, since, you know, seems to be front of mind with the Democrats but not really not really no I don't eat lobster not because of kosher and so forth it's because I don't like it I think I'm the only person on the face of the earth that doesn't like lobster Mr. Producer I know but don't you really eat it for the butter I mean if you eat it for the butter you might as well have bread and butter I like that but I'm not allowed to eat that anymore so says the uh, wifey It's a weird thing. My wife wants me to live. That's a good thing, right? Um, And so they had this this fantastic dinner. And, of course, today, Joe Biden wants you to know that the economy is going swimmingly. Now, I'm not allowed to go to McDonald's anymore, but I do go to Chick-fil-A. So the other day I went to Chick Fil A. I got one of these grilled sandwiches, you know, the grilled chicken breast on two pieces of bread, piece of lettuce, pickle, and then they have these waffle fries. I didn't get them, but I was looking at the board how much all this would cost, and then say a, a large diet coke. It's almost ten bucks, Mister Bitters. Actually, it was eleven bucks for one person. Now I'm not complaining about them, they have costs, they have overhead, they have regulations, they have taxes, I mean it's an enormous it's an enormous undertaking to run any kind of restaurant, I don't care if it's a franchise or a standalone, whatever it is, which is why so many of them don't survive, particularly under an economic environment like this, but I'm saying, how do people make ends meet? If you're just you know getting by how do people like make ends meet i'm i'm serious if you if you're a family of 4 and you're making 40 dollars 50 75 80,000 how do you make ends meet and yet that's what most people make now you don't work for the government if you and your wife or you and your husband or you and your whatever if two of you are working for the federal government you're doing okay you're in an... Hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe 200,000, maybe 250,000. If you're the Faucis, you know, you're making a fortune. But you get my point. Plus, you have health care coverage, your pension cover, you got all kinds of stuff. But if you're in the private sector, and I'm quite serious about this, it is hard to make ends meet when you're making that kind of money. Now, I just talked, you better fast food drive through. Many of you go through fast food drive throughs they're always under attack. I don't attack them. They're able to feed the people of this country. But look at that. Look at the inflation related to that. So you have a family of four. You go to the same Chick-fil-A or maybe you go to McDonald's or Burger King, go wherever you want. Wendy's, uh, Roy Rod. It's the same situation. $8, $9, $10, $11. And there's four of you. Okay, you're spending, even with the kids' meal, $35, $40 every time. Then you got to fill up your car or maybe a pickup truck or a SUV, whatever it is, you got to fill it up. And Joe Biden's talking about how the prices are coming down. They're not coming down. They went up very, very high and they kind of uh, pop a little and then drop a little and pop a little and drop a little. They're not coming down. They're not coming down to where they were, and they're only going to go up. They're going to go way up after he's done sucking all the oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. They have these temporary band-aids they're putting on things to try and muscle through one election cycle after another as they're destroying our our economy and our system. I'm thinking, how do people make ends meet? I'm quite serious then you look at your electricity bill have you looked at your electricity bill mr. producer it's got to be up 30 40 percent 30 40 percent well where's all this new electricity gonna come from with all these vehicles it's not gonna come from anywhere there isn't any new electricity electricity is produced It doesn't come from the sky, it's produced. It doesn't come from solar or wind, it's produced. Hydroelectric plants, which they're knocking down. Coal mines, which they're shutting down. Oil, which they're closing down. Nuclear, which they're not expanding. Where are you gonna get your electricity from? Nowhere. That's why they have brownouts and blackouts in California. California has made itself a guinea pig. The biggest, what was the most economically vibrant state in the country has made itself a guinea pig as it works its way towards a sort of North Korean type of a blackout, lack of energy situation, not to mention its laws, by the way. You know, in France, they had, you know, let them eat cake. That was a famous line by Marie Antoinette. Her life didn't end very well. And it caused a revolution. Among other reasons. Because the monarchy was splurging. It was splurging. And the people were suffering. Thomas Jefferson talked about the tyranny of the legislature. He spoke about the tyranny of democracy. And so when somebody's smart enough to respond to a Biden or a reporter or something we're not a democracy, like Mike Lee was, they're under attack. Well, we're not a democracy. We're not a mob. We're republic. There's a big difference. A representative republic, a constitutional republic, even though that's less and less the case, but that's what we are. We're different from a parliament. We're different from a so-called democracy, and thank God, because we have unalienable rights that don't come at the ballot box. Because you would lose most of your bill of rights rights and most of your unalienable rights rights. If we had plebiscites in this country, there's no question about it. Just look at the votes. Look at the media. They'd be affecting the votes. Look at how they have corrupted the voting system. I mean, we wouldn't win. We wouldn't win. So the let them eat lobster crowd last night, the let them eat lobster crowd was at the White House. Media, Hollywood, the honorable this, the honorable that, while he's trying to kill their lobster business. And while the price of food at the grocery store is going through the roof. And more and more, when I go, there's, there's really two I go to in our area. One's a very large sort of supermarket. The other's a moderately large, but more of a grocery store type place. And more and more, the shelves are emptier and emptier, I'm noticing. If you haven't looked, go look. I do this on purpose. Look more and more. You'll see the shelves are starting to be less and less full. The options, less and less. You go to the pharmacy at one of these grocery stores or supermarkets. We'll have your prescription tomorrow, assuming we can get the drug, is now what I'm hearing. It's not what I'm hearing. None of the people at that dinner last night have a problem getting their medicine or food. I don't know of anybody in the media at MSNBC or CNN, anybody at CBS or ABC or NBC or any of these places who have difficulty getting anything. They're part of the let them eat lobster crowd. And there really are different classes in this country now. And what was to be a classless society with freedom and capitalism and property rights and all the rest. The more centralized the government becomes, the more centralized decision makings become, the more the government controls the private sector, and the more the government controls what you can and cannot do, the more classes, the more class-like we become. And the ruling class in America is a class unto itself. they let them eat lobster crown. And just as a footnote, this is why when you have a politician or politicians who are trying to break through this and really trying to represent the people, whether it's a Trump or DeSantis or somebody else, They not only want to defeat them. They want to destroy them. They want to imprison them. Because these politicians are very atypical. And the Let Them Eat Lobster crowd does not want to lose their wealth. They don't want to lose their fame. And they don't want to lose their power. And they'll keep doing it in the name of democracy. Just like Xi in China and all the other thugs out there. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. And the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. the beginning in a series of tweets has now been released and the way Elon Musk is doing this is he is providing them to a fellow named Matt Taibbi, who is then tweeting them out I suppose and they call this the Twitter files what you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter it seems like Elon Musk and his team have been very busy good The so-called Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. Twitter, in its conception, was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people, quote, the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers, unquote. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly, over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company To manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often, then constantly. So that's the predicate or the preface or so forth of what's to come. And we'll be monitoring Twitter throughout the night. I'm not going to be played by these guys like, oh, we're just monitoring it. As information comes up, I will pass it along to you. But we're now going to find out and you're going to see why the Biden administration is quote-unquote keeping an eye on Elon Musk or why they want to investigate "quote unquote" his foreign connections of course they don't want to investigate the Biden crime family's foreign connections or Apple's foreign connections Tim Cook of course was at the let them eat lobster dinner last night we know how it works we know how corrupt these bastards are now we know why the left and the Democrat party on Capitol Hill want to investigate Twitter of course, they don't want to investigate Zuckerberg and the 417 million he poured in, basically, into the Democrat precincts in the 2020 election. No, that they don't want to do. He's one of them. But I just wanted to point this out. We will continue to monitor it. Uh, monitor it. Um, so Joe Biden is extremely thrilled with the way the economy is going. It's going exactly as he expected. And, of course, he's praised by Joe Scarborough, uh, Mr. Deliverance Boy. And Mr. Deliverance Banjo Boy had this to say today. Cut six, go. This guy knows
2: how to win, even when it hurts, even when it hurts him. There was a lot of union representation last night at the state dinner.
3: Was. That's
2: his base. Yeah. And he had to go against his base. But you know what? When you've been around long enough, people trust you that you'll go back and make things right. And here's another example of how, you know, he said he can make things All right, work. The guy, He's,
0: the guy, it's, it's, it's very uh, nauseating, his whole affectation, the way he speaks. But that said, Joe uh, Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski can be can be bought pretty cheap. Don't you think, Mr. Producer, a lobster? They love their lobsters, and they love their shrimp, and I bet they love their crabs, too. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk <laughs>
1: He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made
0: contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Oh, this is getting interesting. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Let's jump right in with both feet. That's why this is the cleanup hitter show. I am the cleanup hitter. You might call me a uh, judge, Mr. Producer. All right, let's start from the top for those who have just joined us. Elon Musk, through Matt Taibbi, is putting out information about how Twitter has been manipulated, because now that he owns the company, has access to all the computers, all the software, all the data. Uh, perhaps some was destroyed, but somehow they've gathered a lot of it, so it's... Apparently information given to or researched by Matt Taibbi. Now they call this the Twitter files. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter Files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. Let's stop here a minute. Do you realize what a service Elon Musk is doing to this nation? And an enormous cost to his empire. As they try to character assassinate him. And the left is working so hard to destroy Twitter now. This is why. You're dealing with Marxists. So the day I die. I will make that point. We're dealing with Marxists. He goes on. Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication making a true, real-time, global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter, was more, has, uh, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people, quote, the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers, Some of the first tools for controlling speech was designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. What was happening 2020? The virus, the riots, and of course the, uh, the election season. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team, quote unquote. The reply would come back, quote, handled, unquote. Celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, this system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts. Because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. He's trying to say Democrats. There were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left. Well, he says Democrats than the right. That's where it stops right now. We will continue to monitor this. And to cut to the chase, what he's saying is, obviously Twitter became fundamentally, essentially, a tool of the Bidens and a tool of the Democrat Party and a tool of the left. And they're working their way up to the laptop and they're working their way up to Hunter. And I will be on the air for almost the next two hours. And we will continue to monitor this because I know a lot of you (coughs) are in your cars or what have you. Or at the dinner table or wherever you might be. So we're on top of it. You don't need to worry about it. We are on top of it and we will continue to to report on this. And at the same time, there's this uh, breaking piece at Fox News, an exclusive by Brianna Hurley. Ready for this one? An FBI agent testified to Republican Attorneys General this week that the Federal Bureau of Investigation held weekly meetings with big tech companies in Silicon Valley ahead of the 2020 presidential election to discuss, quote, disinformation, unquote, on social media and ask about efforts to censor that information. This is a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution when the government is using front groups or corporations this way, ladies and gentlemen. You can't, you can't get away from the taint. I guess we'll call it the poisonous tree, since the Supreme Court likes that phrase. On Tuesday, lawyers for the offices of Attorney General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana deposed FBI Supervisory Special Agent Elvis Chan it's part of their lawsuit against the Biden administration. Thank God for these Republican attorneys general. Thank God. That suit accuses high-ranking government officials of working with giant social media companies, quote, under the guise of combating misinformation, unquote, to achieve greater censorship. This is why my Sunday show this Sunday is incredibly important. I'm going to go through all the steps that this administration has taken like a police state, against you. Please don't miss it. If you can't watch it live or you have something else going on, you can set your DVR right now for 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, and all the times in between for Sunday night. Please take a watch. Please, please, if you're going to watch a show, watch this one. Supervisory Special Agent Chan, who serves in the FBI's San Francisco Bureau, was questioned under oath by court order about his alleged critical role in coordinating, and I'm quoting, with social media platforms relating to censorship and suppression of speech on their platforms. Why Supervisory Special Agent in San Francisco? Well, that's where Silicon Valley mostly is. During the deposition, Chan said that he, along with the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, and senior cybersecurity and infrastructure security agencies officials had weekly meetings with major social media companies to warn against Russian disinformation attempts ahead of the 2020 election, according to a source in the Missouri Attorney General's office. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said the FBI came to his company to warn about Russian disinformation. Oh, you mean like Russian collusion with Trump? I just don't trust these bastards anymore. I just don't. Those meetings were initially quarterly, then monthly, then weekly, heading into the presidential election between former President Donald Trump and now President Biden. How about the Chinese influence on Biden? Were they monitoring that? No. According to a source, Chant testified that in those multiple separate meetings, the FBI warned the social media companies there could be potentially Russian hack-and-dump or hack-and-leak operations. In their complaint, the GOP AGs noted on, on August 26th Podcast episode of the Joe Rogan experience in which Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg stated, the FBI basically came to us, told Facebook to be on high alert relating to a lot of Russian propaganda. Zuckerberg added the FBI, said there's about the same kind of dump. That's similar to, uh, so just be vigilant. Sorry, that's choppy, that's him, not me. As noted in the complaint, Zuckerberg said, if the FBI, if they come to us and tell us we need to be on guard about something... Then I want to take that seriously, he said. He couldn't recall the FBI specifically tagged the Hunter Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation, but said that the story basically fit the pattern that the FBI had identified. So there you go. And we know that the Russians had nothing to do with the laptop. And we need to know why those 51 phony frauds signed that letter and who encouraged them, who was behind that letter. I guarantee it was the Biden campaign that said this had all the stench of a Russian operation. That's what they do every time. Trump with Russia. Trump this. Meanwhile, the sellout's sitting in the Oval Office. The Manchurian president. Two GOP attorneys general are probing whether big tech companies were pressured into censoring information about Hunter Biden's laptop. And as we sit here, this breaking story from Fox, the breaking story on the Elon Musk owns Twitter Is we're monitoring this. Any update or are we okay, Rich? So I'm going to be moving back and forth on this, folks, because apparently we do have an update on Twitter. And I want to continue this as well. All right, let's see here. I'm not the best at this, you know. I have number 11. Now, I'm not going to keep starting from the beginning, but here we go. The system wasn't balanced, you heard me read that, it was based on context because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly stabbed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain, often to the left, well Democrats than the right. Now, the resulting slant in, what is it? Yeah. The resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high level executives. Let's see here. On October 14, 2020, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails and expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Is that where we are? So that's where he stops right now? Uh, I'm trying. You know what? Let me go to what you sent me. Hold on, folks. Just stick with me. We've got it. We've got it. Hold on. This is live and national. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Okay, here we go. Yes, indeed. Here we go, Rich. Okay. The resulting slanting content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. There's no number 13, 14, or 15, so we're jumping ahead. On October 14, 2020, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Biden's abandoned laptop. Okay. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. Uh, They even blocked its transmission via direct message. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto reserved for extreme cases, for example, child pornography. White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account. Locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from the Trump campaign staffer, Mike Hahn, stick with me, who seethed At least pretend to care for the next 20 days. This led public policy executive Caroline Strom to send out a polite WTF query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms policy teams who had little or less, just reading, control over moderation And the safety and trust teams. Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked materials policy. That's what we have for now. Of course, it was never hacked. The laptop was not hacked. It was left by the uh, by the reprobate with the computer repairman. It wasn't hacked. And so, so far, what do we have? We have the statement that there was interference of Twitter on substantive policy and political issues. Vast amount of it for the left and the Democrat Party. What else do we have? We have that, in fact, they would alter content, block content, block individuals or groups, if asked to do so, From you know, on occasion, if not more often. And that, in fact, they did black the laptop. They put it under its most secure nomenclature, software nomenclature, treating it as if it's child porn. And then the last is that they gave the excuse that it violated the company's policy on hacked material. That's where we are right now. Now, even... Even if that were the end of it today, it would be evidence, not just surmise, but actual evidence that Twitter did, in fact, intend to affect the outcome of the election. That's my conclusion, Mr. Producer. Isn't it yours? And when it comes to other things like the vaccines or or other views and so forth and so on, that they did not just buckle to pressure, but invite input. Um from the liberals, the Democrats, and the Biden campaign and Biden administration. And so that's where we are right now. We're going to continue to monitor this, and I will let you know. Now I want to get back to this piece. It's along the same lines. A Louisiana federal judge had ordered Chan, the FBI supervisory uh, official in the San Francisco office, to give a deposition, which is what he's done. He played no role to Chan in the Hunter Biden laptop communication issue. He may have knowledge of who did, and his deposition is warranted, the judge said. Fox News Digital also learned, according to Chan's testimony, the FBI regularly sends social media companies lists of Internet URLs and social media accounts that should be taken down because they are, quote, disinformation, unquote, from, quote, Malign foreign influence operations. You know, as I read this, I ask you this, America. If you're so concerned about foreign influence, and I, I get it. And how the hell can there not be a special counsel investigating the Biden crime family, starting at the top with Joe Biden? How the hell is that possible? You're monitoring this stuff, but gloves off of Biden? It's, I'll tell you why. Because Biden has the perfect mob lawyer as attorney general. Biden is the gaudy. And I don't mean to besmirch gaudy in this comparison, but Biden is the gaudy when it comes to foreign influence. And Eric Garland is is his lawyer, Cutler. And I don't mean to besmirch Cutler. I'm just showing the kind of relationship. And so they want to take out Trump or take out anybody else's in their way. Parents, pro-lifers. I'll be right back. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data. Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switch to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Gotta stick with us, folks, because this is coming in in bits and pieces, and so we're dealing with it in bits and pieces. You sent it to me, Mister Producer. Hmm. I don't have it yet. There it did. It just popped up. Must be a uh, chock full of stuff. All right, it goes on, and I'm reading as I have it. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general "quote unquote" warning from federal law enforcement. That's uh, this uh, that summer. That's 2020. About possible hacks there's no evidence that I've seen no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story in fact that might have been the problem the decision was made at the highest levels of the company but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Norsey with former head of legal policy and trust Vijaya Jade playing a key role They just freelanced it. It's how one former employee characterized the decision. We're going to continue. I want you to stick with me because this is obviously campaign interference. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer. You. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast.
2: The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. All
0: right, now we get to the meat of the matter. This is uh, Matt Talib, Talibi, really on behalf of uh, Elon Musk. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from the federal law enforcement that summer, And I'm doing this live, ladies and gentlemen, so about possible foreign hacks. There's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. So then we have, of course, the five uh, Biden supporting hacks that came out, 51 rather, who uh, who signed that letter. And so it's very important to find out who was behind that letter, because it's not Russian disinformation. It's Democrat Party and Biden disinformation. In fact, that might have been the problem. Now, I had to keep going back and forth on my computer. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, um, with former head of legal policy and trust, Vajaya, not vagina, Vijaya Gotti, playing a key role. So she's very powerful there. Quote, they just freelanced it, unquote, is how one former employee characterized decision. Quote, Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold. No one had the guts to reverse it. So they knew hacking was not the reason, but they kept using that as a lie. You can see the confusion, Talibi writes, in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up including Gotti, that's that lawyer, and former trust and safety chief Yol Roth. Comms official Trenton Kennedy writes, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for making this, that is, categorizing it as unsafe, you know, like child pornography. Here's the exchange. Privileged and confidential Hunter Biden laptop article, October 14, 2020, right before the presidential election. Our teams continue to investigate the origins of the material included in the reporting says Trenton Kennedy, the communications guru. I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe, and I think the best explainability argument for this externally would be that we're waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We will face hard questions on this if we don't have some kind of solid reasoning for marking the link unsafe. Kate Rosebarrow, Will we also mark similar stories as unsafe? And uh, they connect to a Fox News story. By this point, everyone knew this was effed, said one former employee. But the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to error. I would argue continue to cover up. Y'all Roth, the policy basis is hacked materials. Though as discussed, this is an emerging situation. Where the facts remain unclear. Given the severe risks here and lessons of 2016, we're erring on the side of including a warning and preventing this content from being amplified. The lawyer, uh, Vajay gadi what is the warning that will come up? Y'all Roth, when you click the link, you'll see the generic unsafe URL message. References, spam, malware, violations of the Twitter rules. Not ideal, but it's the only thing we have. Ian Plunkett. Whatever we do in the comms, in other words, communications, this will become a bias claim for Jack Prehearing immediately. In other words, Dorsey, at a congressional hearing, he'll be accused of bias. Let's make it clear we're proactively but cautiously interpreting this through the lens of our hacked materials policy, even though they knew it wasn't hacked and allowing the link with a warning and significant reduction of spread. Now, the former Vice President of Global Communications, Brandon Borman, asked, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? He says in an email, to Ian's point, can we truthfully, stick with me, I have to organize this, can we truthfully claim that this is part of of the policy, that is, as part of our approach to... To addressing potentially hacked materials, we are limiting visibility of related stories on Twitter while our investigation is ongoing. Another response, to which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker again seems to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. Privileged and confidential, writes Baker. I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked At this stage, and now again, they knew it wasn't. At this stage, however, it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been, and that caution is warranted. There are some facts that indicate the materials may have been hacked, while there are others indicating that the computer, stick with me, was either abandoned and or the owner consented to allow the repair shop to access access the material, at least for some purposes, we simply need more information. Talibi writes, a fundamental problem with tech companies and content moderation. Many people in charge of speech know or care little about speech and have to be told the basics by outsiders. To wit, in one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Kahana reaches out to Gadi, Gadi, I guess it's Gadi, but Gadi's good enough. This is the general counsel to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash regarding speech. Connie was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. All right, now we have more. I'm pulling it up, folks. Just stick with me. This is live and national. And this is why we're here for moments like this. All right. Gotti replies quickly to Kahana, Congressman Kamana, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware that Kahana is more worried about the Bill of Rights. Hi, Congressman Kahana. Thank you for reaching out, and we appreciate the heads up. We put out a clarifying thread of tweets earlier this evening to explain our policy around the posting of private information and linking directly to hacked materials. And they knew the materials were not hacked. I'm just saying the press secretary's account was not permanently suspended. We request so Kaylee McEnany's account is suspended at this point. We requested that she delete the tweet containing material that is in the violation of our rules and her account is restricted, restricted until she complies. I'd be happy to jump on the phone if helpful. My team in D.C., Jessica and Lauren, are copied here and also available to discuss. Thanks, Vigilia. Congressman Kahana tries to reroute the conversation to the First Amendment, mention of which is generally hard to find in the files, and he provides, in part, this. Roe Kahana to Vijaya Gadi Hope you're well, Vijaya, but this seems a violation of the First Amendment principles if there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime, and the New York Times was to publish it. I think the New York Times should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actually aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in keeping with the principles of the New York Times versus Sullivan. You know what? i got to give this guy credit. This guy's in Silicon Valley. I got to give this Roe Kahana some credit here. I call him as I see him. I say this is a total Biden. This is him. He's a Democrat. I say this is a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. But the story now has become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails. And it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. It also is now leading to serious efforts to control Section 230, many of which have been, may have been a mistake. I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news. And your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance. But in the heat of a presidential campaign restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if the New York Post is far right, he says, seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Please keep this communication between just us and Jack. No need to CC the team or forward to them, because he's raising a concern that he knows will be unpopular in his own party. Just wanted to offer my two cents. Within a day, head of public policy, Lauren Colbertson, receives a ghastly letter. A report from Carl Sabo, the research firm, writes to Libby, NetChoice, which had already polled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans, three Democrats from the House Judiciary Committee to, rep- to uh, Judy choose representative judy chu's office lauren yesterday net choices chris marchese met informally with nine republicans and three democrat house staffers to gather intel about facebook and twitter In the new york post story the staffers hail from the house judiciary committee and that's all we have right now right rich one more folks This is why radio is great. This is why I love radio. You can't do this on TV. You know what they'd be doing on TV right now? And I do TV. They'd have all their little munchkins going through this stuff. (laughs) What's the highlights? I'm reading to you this raw as it comes in, line by line, word for word. And I think that's better than having people summarize it for you. You can summarize it, but after you've read the entire thing. I don't have it yet, so it's a little slow because it's got a a significant amount of information in it, I take it. Well, maybe we should take a break. Well, here we go. Maybe we should take a short break here. But before we do, and I want to continue this, so stick with us. This is breaking news, sentence by sentence, ongoing on live national radio. So stick with us here. Our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admission. It's really pretty sick if you think about it. This information is coming out as I sit here behind this microphone, and we're going to continue giving it to you live and national. Be right back. love in. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into. Perks you don't use. And massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer. You. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited. Because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switch to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Very, very important. Exposing what was done at Twitter, and I'm sure it's the, most of the rest of these companies. Uh, how they work with the Democrat Party in Washington to try and destroy the Trump campaign and influence what's taking place. They all do it. But now we have the goods on them, thanks to this, this heroic billionaire, Elon Musk, quite frankly. And uh, Roe Conan really comes off like a, a serious... Serious person, not just a political hack. And we're going to be discussing more of this in Hour 3 as it keeps coming up. Now let's continue. NetChoice choice lets Twitter know a quote-unquote bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings. With members saying, it's a tipping point. Complaining tech has grown so big, they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. And so they're writing emails to each other saying... The following. Ladies and gentlemen, I am having to do this live. It's not easy. All the fonts are different sizes. Takeaway: on here, as they write to each other, high-level takeaway: every Republican said this is a tipping point. It's just too much, quote unquote. And both Democrats and Republicans, they say, were angry. When asked, Sabo reports to Twitter that some hill figures are characterizing the laptop story as Tex Access Hollywood Moment. When asked how bad this situation is, the cover up of the laptop, one staffer said stick with me, it's Tex Access Hollywood. They're access Hollywood moment and it has no Hillary to hide behind. Uh, it's easy to hide behind a Hillary, by the way, uh, much like it's easy to hide behind a barn. They went on, tech is screwed, and rightfully so. Sabo's letter contains chilling passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. The Democrats. And as far as the Bill of Rights, they say, well, it's not absolute. So you can see that Roe Connan is is a rare, a rare bird. So they write to themselves. The Democrats, meanwhile, complain that the companies are inept. They like conservatives muddy the water and make the Biden campaign look corrupt, even though Biden is innocent. They link this to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. She did nothing wrong. But because the press wouldn't let the story go, it became a scandal far out of proportion. In their mind, social media is doing the same thing. It doesn't moderate enough. Harmful content, so when it does, like it did yesterday, meaning the laptop, the Democrats are thrilled with it. It becomes a story, but they think they did it ineptly. The companies moderated more, conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, or otherwise. This is from the Democrats they met with on the Hill. The Democrats were in agreement, social media needs to moderate more, because they're corrupting democracy and making all truth quote-unquote relative. When pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, the Democrats, they demurred. The First Amendment is an absolute. Wow, Mr. Producer. That's it for now. So they knowingly covered up the laptop. They pretended that the issue was hacking. They knew the issue was not hacking, but they continued to use the hacking issue. The Republicans as the New York Post kept printing stories, was furious. They were furious, excuse me. The Democrats continued to pressure Twitter to moderate more. More. Because of the disinformation, period, and particularly from the Republicans. These are the totalitarians. These are the swine that we have to deal with. We've always known it. They now have the DNA and their fingerprints are spread all over the place. Thanks to Elon Musk. No wonder they want to keep an eye on Elon Musk at the White House. No wonder they want to investigate, quote unquote, his foreign ties while rejecting any notion of an investigation, let alone a special counsel to investigate Biden. No, no, no. We need a special counsel to look into documents at Mar-a-Lago, don't you know? They talk about subversion. These phony-ass prosecutors in Washington, D.C. They talk about insurrection. What the hell is this? The party that is destroying this country, destroying our Bill of Rights, destroying your privacy, destroying your property rights, destroying your republic, is the party that's always pointing fingers at somebody else. If Elon Musk didn't put all his money on the line and buy this company come under these awful attacks that he's facing day in and day out, with the Democrat Party and the left trying to bankrupt him now. Now they want to investigate him and keep an eye on him. We wouldn't have these emails, now would we, America? Would we? More when I return, and as the tweets come out, we'll continue to pass them along to you. Here we go. that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer... Right now, that's where we stand. I want to talk to the people in Georgia who are voting. I want to talk to the people in Georgia who are voting, who are tired of the elections, who are concerned about Herschel Walker. I want you to understand something. Something is going on in our country that is absolutely frightening. We have candidates running on the Democrat side who literally hate this country. Who literally are racists. Who have embraced. Louis Farrakhan. Who have embraced. Leonard Jeffries. We have people in this country. Nominated by the Democrat Party. Raphael Warnock is one of them. That's his history. He has praised. Farrakhan. He has praised Jeffries. And they are spending. Tens of millions of dollars to smear Herschel Walker. Isn't it time we showed them that that's not going to work? Now we know there's enough people in the state of Georgia who can think straight and vote right. I mean, they voted against Stacey Abrams. Kemp won, right? And he's not exactly the most intelligent or articulate person on the uh, political scene today. But this is a very important election. I, I get worn out from saying this, but this is very important. Barack Obama went to Georgia and smeared, character assassinated Herschel Walker. Barack Obama went to Georgia and smeared a black man. He didn't just disagree with them. He didn't just argue over the ideas and policies. He tried to destroy his character. Barack Obama never pays a price for this. Oh, there's Barack. Oh, historic. Barack Obama sat sat in a church voluntarily with his wife, who has a stupid book out right now in front of A bigot, a racist, an anti-Semite, an American hater, Jeremiah Wright. Big fan also of Louis Farrakhan. Yet he's nominated by the Democrat Party, he's endorsed by the media, he's endorsed by all the Democrats. Then he goes down to Georgia to campaign for a Marxist, who also has embraced a racist who hates America, who hates white people, who hates Jews. Now, the Democrat Party is willing to put up with that. They just want power. No big deal to them. But what about everybody else in Georgia? Really? Really? The Democrats always have two things going for them. Billionaires who try to destroy our system of government because they they want to run things. You can't run things when you have a representative republic and divided government. So they want to run things. And they use money, dark money, in many cases to conceal their money. And they want to buy influence and protection from the Democrats. Because they know the Republicans aren't going to investigate them. But the Democrats, oh, you know, they run the FBI and the Justice Department. Because the Democrats go for the throat. The Republicans don't. Oh, they're conducting an investigation? But Raphael Warnock praised Farrakhan's Nation of Islam in 2013. You don't believe me? Well, listen to this. Cut nine, go. The Nation of Islam is
1: significant, uh, but its numbers don't come anywhere near the membership of uh, our churches. Um, its, Its voice has been important. And its voice has been important, even for the development of black theology, because it was the black Muslims who, who challenged black preachers and said, you're, prom- you're promulgating, you know, they call the, the white man's religion. And that's a slave religion. You're telling people to focus on heaven. Meanwhile, they're catching hell. And so we've needed the witness of the nation of Islam in a real sense, um, when, uh, uh, to put a fire under us and keep us honest about uh, the meaning of the proclamation coming from our pulpits.
0: Just ignored. no big deal. The aggregators don't have it. Network news isn't going to cover it. Cable news isn't playing it. You can't outspend the Democrats. So there it is. It's as if it was never said. It's as if he never said it. There's just, there's good Raphael Warnock, man. He's just a liberal. He, he's a man of the people. He's a preacher. He wouldn't do nasty things. Really? You just heard it from his lips. No, he wasn't a high school student. He was an adult. But that's not all with Warnock. That's been concealed from America. Warnock was an assistant preacher under a guy by the name of Butts, B-U-T-T-S. Butts had Leonard Jeffries speak to his church at least three times. Leonard Jeffries used to work for the CUNY College System, head of the department involving black history and so forth. But it turns out he was such a racist and such an anti-Semite, they had to let him go. Now that says something when you have to let somebody go, because most colleges and universities yearn for somebody like that. And he was the chip off of Louis Farrakhan's block. That is, tight with Farrakhan. That was the preacher under which Warnock was trained. Warnock called him his mentor. He called Butts his mentor. None of this is being heard on television and radio in Georgia, or to the extent it is, it's not enough for everybody to hear it. Do you really want a senator like this, Georgia, when you can have somebody like Herschel Walker? That's right, I said it. You want somebody who hates his country so thoroughly? Who has said horrendous things about people because of their their skin color? Who has embraced the most awful kind of unhinged Jew haters as your senator? And on top of that is a Marxist socialist coming out of the state of Georgia? That's the kind of senator you want? I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking. Now, you will not hear Joe Biden denounce Warnock. He wants to get him elected. You will not hear Obama. Obama's in Georgia, specifically in a rally in Atlanta yesterday, touting Warnock. Cactner assassinating Herschel Walker. Obama. Oh, we love our Obamas, don't we? And they want Warnock. They say it. He needs to be that extra vote. We can't rely on Manchin. We need our man Warnock. Here's Obama. Cut 11. Go. An extra senator gives Democrats more breathing room on important bills.
1: It prevents one person from holding up everything. And it also puts us in a better position a couple years from now when you've got another election, but the Senate map is going to be tilted in the favor of Republicans.
0: All power. That's all he cares about. That's why Fetterman, you could put an orange juice can in the seat in Pennsylvania. That's good enough by them. They basically did. I was on Hannity yesterday, and here's what I said. Cut 14 on uh, Fox. Go. Hakeem Jeffries has an uncle by the name of Leonard Jeffries. Now, that wouldn't mean anything except for the fact that Hakeem Jeffries has said that he's very close to his uncle but disagrees with his theories. Leonard Jeffries is a racist and a black nationalist. He's well known as both. Leonard Jeffries uh, is a Louis Farrakhan devotee. Uh, Leonard Jeffries spoke at a church repeatedly Uh, that was run by a Reverend Butts. Reverend Butts was the mentor, by the way, to Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock has praised Leonard Jeffries. He has praised Louis Farrakhan. And both of those men are out-and-out anti-Semites. Now, I want the American people to understand something. The Democrat Party is not serious about anti-Semitism on their attacks on Trump. Why? Because they have anti-Semites throughout their party. Talib. Omar and many many others the media are not serious about anti-semitism the New York Times is busy hiring anti-semites about every other month and oh we didn't vet them and so forth somebody posts their love and support for Adolf Hitler so what I'm going to do is I'm I've decided I'm going to do two specials in the course of next year one special on anti-semitism and one special on white nationalism and let's see how the Democrat Party fares when it comes to both Let's see how the New York Times and the media fair when it comes to both. Let's take a good look at this, because they're not going to talk about members of the Congressional Black Caucus, some of whom have celebrated Farrakhan, some of whom have defended him, some of whom have excused him. They're not going to talk about what goes on in Brooklyn to the Orthodox Jews there because of certain clothes they wear and the fact that they're being beaten up and attacked on a constant basis. Well, who's doing that? They're not going to talk about what's going on on our college campuses when it comes to anti-Semitism and these Palestinian student organizations and others where Jewish kids have to remove their kippahs or their yarmulkes and their Stars of David uh, and the fact that academic freedom doesn't apply to them. So let's have a good talk about anti-Semitism. And let's talk about Franklin Roosevelt and his failure to allow hundreds of thousands of Jews into the United States under his racist and anti-semitic department of state uh, when the jews were being exterminated let's talk about the new york times which helped cover up the holocaust at the request in part of fdr let's let's get into this let's get into to white racism and nationalism and the democrat party's history in this regard its association with the Klan, its promotion of separate but equal and plessy its push for jim crow laws you know, uh, Biden likes to talk about Jim Crow too. There is no Jim Crow two, but there's a Jim Crow one. And I will also talk about Biden. He's quite familiar with Jim Crow one because he was part of it, part of it early in his career with the racists and segregationists out of Mississippi, Eastland and Stennis. Let's see how serious the media and the Democrats really are about anti-Semitism and white racism. Let's talk, and then we'll take Trump's record. When it comes to Jews, when it comes to blacks, when it comes to Hispanics, and we'll compare it to that. Now, I don't make any excuses. I'm not a special pleader for anybody, but I've had about enough of this bull crap with these crocodile tears. When you take a look at MSNBC and the racists that they have on that network and the and the people who speak on that network and the sort of things that they say, it's appalling. It's grotesque. Let's take a look at these movements in the Democrat Party and what it is exactly that they promote. And so they have caused me, motivated me, and we'll spend some time on this. I've spent a lot of time studying it already on what it is. Where does this anti-Semitism come from in our country today? Why is it such a high level? Why is it occurring in our Democrat cities? Why is it that when a, an Omar says the most hateful anti-Jewish things, that the Speaker of the House at the time, Nancy Pelosi, covers for her and won't even support a resolution that condemns her by name. Yeah, let's talk about this stuff because I want to talk about it very, very badly. As for Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries' uncle is an anti-Semite and a racist. It's well known, it's well known by everybody, including the college that got rid of him. So why would he say in 2013, that he remained close with his uncle but disagreed with his theories. They're not theories. They're racist and anti-Semitic lies. And why would you stay close to an uncle who's like this? I wouldn't stay close to an uncle who uses the N-word. I wouldn't stay close to an uncle who's a racist who talks about black people in a horrific way. So what exactly does Hakeem Jeffries mean? And I want to thank the press. I really want to thank them for opening up these doors so we can all walk through now and we can all take a look at this. We can all analyze it. Why is it that Barack Obama, that Barack Obama was the only president of modern times to vote against Israel at the UN? Why is it that Barack Obama, when missiles were were fired into Israel by Hamas, cut off support for Israel at the time? Why is it that Barack Obama spent 20 years and his wife, Michelle, in the pews of Reverend Wright, who hates America, who said racist things about whites, and was anti-Semitic? 20 years, not one meal, 20 years of Sundays in the pews. What was all that about? And so, yes, I will do two specials, one on anti-Semitism and one on racism, and we'll take a very, very good look at all of this. All right, and we'll be right back. love Lupin.
4: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
0: Now, we only have 30 minutes left in this program. There's no more tweeting taking place at this point. We're still monitoring. Maybe some more will continue tomorrow, Sunday, or Monday. We'll be here for that, of course. The evidence is overwhelming. It's actually documented that, yes, Twitter covered up laptop, Hunter's laptop, that, yes, Twitter did it on behalf of their ideological friends, the Democrats, and, yes, the FBI and the Biden administration, some Republicans, but mostly Democrats.
5: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
2: The Mark Levin Show is
0: tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. Ron DeSantis, America's governor, ladies and gentlemen. On Republicans underperforming in the midterms. It's worth a
4: listen. Cut 12. Go. The way these midterms work... Someone gets elected to the White House, and then there's a reaction the other way. That's what happens almost every every two years. And especially when people are pessimistic about the direction of the country, have a negative view on Biden, uh, usually those voters are going to want to vote for people that are offering an alternative. And yet some of those voters throughout the country, not in Florida, but throughout the country, even though they disapproved of Biden, even though they disapproved of the direction of the country, they still didn 't want to vote um, you know, for some of our candidates, so i don 't think it's a question necessarily being divided as a party. I think it 's like, okay, how do you run and win majorities and I think what we 've done in Florida is we 've shown that, that we 've exercised leadership uh, we 've not kowtowed towed uh, we 've been willing to take on big interests when I mean look, just look at the environment, what we did coming in. Um, look at what we 've done with some of these other things, but producing results. And then that ends up attracting more people to want to be uh, be on your team. And so that was not something that was happening you know, throughout the rest of the country. But I think that we really showed, I think, how it's done in the state of Florida. And if you look about uh, you know, how, we, how we performed, uh, you know, we, no governor Republican has ever gotten a higher percentage of the vote in Florida history than we got in 2022. So, So there's the
0: magic formula. Now, what did they do? Mitch McConnell and the boys in the Senate, they wouldn't even lay out a platform. They wouldn't even lay out a legislative agenda. And so you have the Wall Street Journal, you've got National Review, the New York Post, you've got uh, all these governors, you've got all these guys coming together to tell you, no, the problem is Trump, or the problem is conservatives, or the problem is MAGA. They didn't run on anything in the Senate in particular. They didn't run on anything. Rick Scott tried to put an agenda together and Mitch McConnell was busy. He and his surrogates leaking to their favorite media types and trying to destroy him and trying to destroy Rick Scott. Mitch McConnell and his team tries to destroy anyone who gets in their way because Mitch McConnell would rather be head of a minority of senators than not be the leader. Period. As long as he's the leader, minority or majority, he's the leader. And that's all he cares about. Right now, he's working on Capitol Hill for the biggest spending bill in American history. And then they're going to want to increase the debt limit. And they'll get the support of all the same voices. And they're destroying the country. It's destroying the country. That's the truth. Now, our our famous and genius leader, Joe Biden, at the uh, Let Him Eat Lobster ceremony last night, where they had uh Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, and you know the person announcing Brzezinski couldn't pronounce her, pronounce her name. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? It's kinda hilarious, really. Just call her Mrs. Morning Schmo. It's very simple. Very honorable couple there. Don't you remember when they were doing radio, Mr. Producer? Short period of time before they bombed. Yes. Very, very uh, fantastic couple of... Anyway, couple. So here's Biden at the state dinner humiliating the American people yet again in front of the French of all people. Cut 13, go. France
2: was our first ally. First country to fly the American flag after our revolution.
0: And no, Frank- we even fly the American flag uh, in many of our uh, public buildings. No, that's the rainbow flag. We, the rainbow flag, that, yes go ahead France was our first ally first country to fly the American flag
2: after our revolution and Frank hosted the first diplomatic post before more than anything else France has been
0: our first friend no Frank was our first friend right Mr. Producer Frank hosted the first diplomatic post you mean Frank Sinatra By the way, as an aside, more and more I've been listening to this Frank Sinatra station on satellite. Let me just tell you this. There are certain people who have voices that are the best of the best. I mean, beautiful. There was nobody like Frank Sinatra. Nobody like Aretha Franklin. These people or Ella Fitzgerald or some of the other. When they sing or sang, it's just Unbelievable. I listen to Frank Sinatra's voice. It's just so God given. So fantastic. Even if I'm just getting old, but I I'll I'll drive a little bit and I'll have that on. And I really, really like it. I mean it's really good. I'm glad they have that channel, by the way. All right. Let me uh let's take some calls here, Mr. Producer. Who do you recommend? On the Mark Levin app, Gabriel in San Diego. Gabriel, how are you, sir?
3: Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Mark?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you.
3: Okay, so speaker, a forever things, hold uh, yourself? Okay, um, first of all, I've been using some of your talking points uh, when dealing with people, and it's been working. Second of all, um, in the mid-2000s... First of all, said, I want
0: to thank you for that. And for the attribution, we have a lot of backbenchers who do that and don't even mention it. But thank you. They really meant for you, the American people. Thank you. Yes,
3: yeah, it's great. Second of all, um, in the mid, I'm old enough to remember in the mid 2000s on the on the media channels, they used to have the um, terrorist uh, meter on the bottom corner of the screen, telling you how close Al Qaeda was to bombing, you know, the Staples Center or what have you. Mm-hmm. So um, today. I'm surprised they're not doing that with Republicans. Uh Do you hear Well, they
0: have have now. Every calendar will now have January 6th on it. And they'll call it uh, MAGA or Republican Insurrection Day. A day to remember, you know, like the storming of the Bastille or something like that. And so they've been lying about it and lying about it and lying about it. Uh, so that, that'll that be a permanent mark on the uh, calendars. You know, when you go in there and you buy a calendar with cats and dogs on it or the Capitol, you watch. That'll be January 6th. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> I recommend the conservative networks put up their own uh, meters for uh, when liberals are doing something crazy, like opening up some gender affirmation pediatrician clinic or um, yeah. passing some crazy tax bill on on, you know, high meter, level five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not a bad idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel, you're a good man. Plus, you're I hope you're in a nice part out there in San Diego where you can see the ocean and all, are you?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right by the ocean. It's real great.
0: I love that Coronado there. Is it still nice?
3: Uh yeah. I mean that yeah. part. It's just the traffic sucks, but yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It there's no it's nice. there's no homeless over there.
0: No, uh, it's much like uh, Martha's Vineyard. All right, my friend. Thank you, Gabriel, for your call. We appreciate it. Mary Evans, Georgia, the great WGAC. Go right ahead, please.
5: Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking yeah. my call. Um, mm-hmm. A few minutes ago, you were talking about Georgia and, and why we're in this runoff situation and um, how can people not understand what's at stake and what, warlock is about and um the problem is there's another side to that equation and i'm sure you've probably spoken to it but um the county i live in is predominantly republican conservative you know 98 (laughs) percent but where's that county i might
0: want to move there yeah
5: well it's columbia it's called columbia county
0: how many people are there um, 12 i'm just curious
5: (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> no, but the problem that I heard after the election um, from a lot of um, other we're gonna run out of time. Go for it. Anyway, they it, you've got Republicans who are never Trumpers, and and his endorsement right. of Herschel as great as Trump was, his her, it was it was a nail. It was so a nail. I
0: see these Republicans would vote for a man who has praised Farrakhan, would vote for a man who's has praised Le- Leonard Jeffries, would vote for a man who has embraced anti-Semitism and white racism uh, because they're never Trumpers. Now, does that make sense?
5: No, no. It's well, idiotic. then these are
0: stupid people. They're as stupid as the Democrats. Mary, don't get mad at me. I apologize to you, but I have a hard break. I got to go. Take care. We'll be right back. Love in. Well the weekend is here as we say I hope you will watch my show on Sunday Life, Liberty and In. It's a very very important show And in my opening statement I'm going to be talking about The growing police state in America and I just hope enough people are interested in that they will, they will watch it. You can watch it live, or you can obviously DVR the show. It's the first brand-new show I've done in two weeks. The first show uh, two weeks ago, I had COVID, and I couldn't do it, and I didn't want to get the crew sick, even though I was doing radio. And, of course, last Sunday was our special um, who, uh, the, with the different authors There were a lot of great authors, but several different authors that I had interviewed during the course of the year. But this is a brand new, out-of-the-package show. And I think it's going to be very compelling for you. And the opening statement, as I said, I go through and will go through all the efforts that have been made to install many of the tactics of the police state. And so at least while I'm still on the air, God willing at least while I'm allowed to stay on the air not that anybody's threatening me I'm just pointing something out I will continue to push this and I will continue to fight for liberty so please don't miss Sunday's show 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific all times in between this Sunday now as we've been doing what is it almost 20 years Mr. Producer we go to America every Friday in honor of you here we go get Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday 8 p.m. Eastern. If you can't watch it live, please DVR. It's a very important show. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffy. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton. Good night, Barney. And now, good night, Marty. And pray for Rory, and I will explain that on Monday. Rory's very sick. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And America, have a great night. Have a great weekend. Get your energy back. We'll be here on Monday, and don't forget Sunday. God bless you. Good night.